Lead Generation Strategies for B2B Tech Companies, a podcast by Brightvision. Here, you will learn how to generate great leads from the most experienced B2B sales and marketing people. Your host today, and always, is Jakob Levenbrand, CEO at Brightvision. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the B2B Lead Gem podcast for tech companies. My name is Jacob Lovenbrand. I'm the managing director of Bright Vision as well as hosting this podcast. Today we have a very interesting topic we're going to talk about. We'll talk about insights into effective B2B marketing trends for 2022 with a true expert in this area, Joel Harrison who's editor-in-chief and co-founder of the community-based platform B2B Marketing, which I'm sure a lot of you have heard about. They have great agency competitions, great reports about marketing in the B2B space in different angles, ABM conference and other conferences as well. So this will be a very exciting topic to discuss. Together with his B2B marketing team, Joel launched B2B marketing as a company in 2004, and it started off as a magazine. Until last year, it was a magazine and was later on relaunched as a community-based platform. So their business involves a lot of events. They have four conferences per year, just as I mentioned, in the UK and one in the States as well. And they also have a big awards program and uh, a lot of online content, training programs, etc. So with that, I'm really stoked to have you with us. So welcome, Joel, to our podcast. Oh, it's wonderful to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yes, thank you for coming and uh, sharing your time with us here today. You have a really front row seat, seeing all the trends and all the things going on in the B2B marketing community on the global level. So that's really awesome. And uh, that's why I'm so interested to dive into this topic here today and see what is really going on behind the scenes and so forth. So if we start there, uh, you know, the B2B marketing industry and, and the space in itself is is really fast moving and have been for quite some while. But uh, what is some of the best advice you could give to to marketeers and practicing marketeers down the trenches? Uh, you know what to think about uh, uh, coming up in for, before twenty twenty two. In terms of what trends are coming up and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I mean, I think twenty twenty two is is you know, funnily enough, things don't change overnight, although. They kind of did, I guess, this a bit a bit this year. And we're in this kind of world of accelerated change um, where things are, are evolving faster than they ever have before. Um, and, and that's the, the big theme, right? I think, um, and how to, how to be successful in that environment. Um, and that's really challenging for marketers, but it does also present huge opportunities. And I think we do have to continue to recognize it as an opportunity, particularly for CMOs, to really think differently about what they do and how they do it and what they're trying to achieve. Um, I think marketers do actually potentially need to be kind of more pushy and more proactive in their organizations. And that's been harder for B2B, B2B marketers to do in the past. But I think we're in this world now where marketing has the ability to drive the organization forward, presenting new ideas and being the voice of the customer to, 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 to set the agenda in a way that hasn't done in the past. And that's exciting. That's a really great time. So I think 
Um, that's a general um, trend. That's a general kind of positioning for marketing. Um, I think that um, you know the fast pace of change um, is going to continue to be uh, the, the, the kind of the watchword, and then everything around that. How you can deploy Marketech effectively, how you can be um, close to, the, to um, your customers um, and be genuinely customer centric. Everyone says they are, but they're not really. But often that's uh, not so much the case. Account-based marketing has been um, a perennial um, issue um, or, or an issue for the last five years or so. And I think it's become, it's gone from being a new thing, which we didn't understand to being very much mainstream now. And I think another trend that which we're seeing which people are aligning with, which is something which people can interpret to mean kind of whatever they want it to mean is growth marketing. Um, and that's exciting because that's Kind of back to the point which I made at the start of my little monologue here, which is that marketing, marketing, it's about marketing's pivot, or how I've have I heard it expressed really in a really compelling way. It's about how marketing pivots from being a service function or a support function to being actually genuinely the growth engine of the business. And I think that's where, as B2B marketers, that's where we all need to aspire to be right now. That's so interesting. So when you arrange your conferences now what topics do you see the most interest around from marketeers? What, where do you see the most signups and the most commotions, let's say? Well, our conferences are structured in different ways. We know that account-based marketing is very, very compelling. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that is something which we have a conference running on in about three weeks' time, um, which is online. So you can buy online tickets and watch from, from Sweden if you'd like to, or anywhere else in, in the world. Awesome. Um, um, or you can come in person. We're doing our it's our first in person event for a while, which is exciting in itself. Um, in terms of the themes and the trends, um, there are lots of trends which which drive people's attract people's attentions, and some of those things are stuff that I've said before. There are trends which are um, seem to be um, very it always attract a lot of attention, but they don't ever seem to translate into meaning anything. And a, a classic example of that is influencer marketing. Mm. which is obviously massive in B2C, but um, harder to make work, more challenging generally in B2B. And then there's things like CX, customer experience, which are um, very, very difficult to, um, uh, even though it's critically important because it's something which sits out beyond just marketing, it's actually very hard for marketing to, to, to get the, the level of attention that it deserves and the level of action that it deserves uh, marketing. So. Um, so that's a that's the opposite side. It's something which should be more important than it is. But if I think about um, you know the the, the we, our US event this year, um, we were very keen to be very nuanced and focused on what's going on on the ground um, in the US. And so we had a really big focus on diversity and inclusivity um, for that event, and that went down really really well because mm -hmm. obviously that's been a it's a challenge everywhere, but it has it feels particularly acute in the US. You have to really be um, address that really in a meaningful way and then we're just starting to get into the process of planning our event for next year which takes place in the summer in, in June and um, the, the, and talking to our advisory group on that subject the thing which came up very strongly for them is actually around is again it's something which is a in the wake of COVID and lockdown um, it's it's about it's around um, all the aspects of um, employee branding um, dealing with churn in marketing teams um, and and building a an authentic brand which is resonant not just for your own customers, um, for your employees, but also your customers and your wider ecosystem. Because I think I don't know if you've seen this, Jacob, but one of the fascinating things that came out of COVID was um, the focus back on the brand um, and on trust 
and on authenticity and and you know being genuinely helpful rather than just claiming to be helpful but actually just selling something anyway so yeah. i think that's been a really really great facet of b2b that we that is is made it taken more seriously and been generally made it more useful as a as a function awesome so interesting to hear about those insights um what if we just look back a little thing where do you see most companies struggle within b2b marketing last year have you seen any you know post-covid um challenges that we might wrestle with even next year or where do you see most companies having the biggest problems right now well i'm slightly biased in my answer here because i had um i did a a session a fireside chat session in propolis which is our community this morning with um mm-hmm. A guy called Tim Hughes, who is a is a, um, a social selling expert and a, a, just a general sales expert. He's a former director of sales at Oracle for EMEA. Um, and uh, but but this this kind of really brought something home, which I believed anyway, which is around how you how marketing supports sales, which is always it's, it's a obvious it's an obvious thing in B two B. In many ways, marketing and sales relationship is the thing which defines B two B being different from B two C. But um, so much of what great B2B marketing has been in the past is essentially sales enablement in one form or another, whether it's providing you with leads or providing with opportunities to talk to customers or all the right content. But we're now COVID put us into this world where we couldn't actually speak to our customers. We couldn't be in the same room as our customers. And that was really traumatic for salespeople um, for obvious reasons. Um, and the good side is it, it's meant that they've come to marketing and gone help. How can you help me? How can I do this better? What can what? How can I use these other tools better? Um, and so it's it's created a rather than sales treating marketing begrudgingly, it's tried, created a real need um, and a, and, a, and, a, and a kind of perhaps rebalanced the relationship. And so I think that dynamic will continue um, as you know. Initially, I don't know have you found this, Jacob, but you know, you could just do more digital events um, in, in March um, 2020, and people were seem were happy with that at the beginning. But funnily enough, there's a bit more digital fatigue now. So and everyone's expectation of what good looks like has increased. So um, we have to work harder. And that means marketing has to work harder with sales to, to give it the opportunities to succeed. Um, so I think that's the that's the probably the primary challenge that we've seen but also now I think we're seeing this thing about churn. I don't know if you're, if you're, you're seeing this yourself, Jacob, or your customers are seeing it, but the, um, mm-hmm. the, the recruitment, they're in America, they're calling it the great resignation. Um, I don't know if you've heard that expression, but um, the amount of the nope. speed, the number of the amount of people leaving their jobs and going and doing something completely different or um, just getting hired to the same thing for 30% more somewhere else. And that's created huge challenges for people. So that plays back into the, how do I build a marketing team and a resilient, authentic brand, which makes them want to stay and be part of something. Thanks for that. Yeah, no, I haven't heard that expression, but I, I, I've heard about the problems though. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, really good uh, challenges there. If we go back a little bit to, to the trend around growth marketing, as you said, that is a, a emerging area of B2B marketing. How do you see that playing together with ABM and the other disciplines within B2B? Do you think this is an area we will talk more about and become the new ABM topic, so to say, for the next five years? 
Um, I think it's different to um, to ABM because ABM is is although ABM is quite broad, it also is quite specific in that it describes a particular way of working um, and and a, and a specific kind of setup for marketing and for sales. Whereas growth marketing is is quite nebulous, um, meaning if uh, apologies if that doesn't translate very well, um, but just means it can mean whatever you want it to mean, which is good and bad. And growth marketing came out of the software industry where, um, you know, companies and the whole concept of growth hacking and where you kind of companies did, took very extraordinary, unconventional routes to achieve spectacular growth and not in a, not using conventional marketing methodologies or, or techniques or technologies. And then it kind of got corporatized by calling it growth marketing. And then it, and, um, and, and I think in this, in this kind of corporate incarnation, it's it becomes more of a how marketing is positioned in the business and understood and respected. Where, whereas some often, and I don't know if Jacob, if you found this, but when when in the history of your agency, but when we started in B two B, B two B was sometimes dismissed, often dismissed as a poor relation in marketing, and you know sometimes it, at the worst it was called the colouring in department. I don't know if you've heard, had that expression. So. Um, <laughs> So unfortunately you know, not, unfortunately. but maybe that's a good way. <laughs> well, I, I hope so. I'm glad to hear that. Maybe in Sweden that B2B had a better respect for longer. Um, and marketing was the people that you did you went to if you wanted to organize a golf day or you wanted to buy some brochures, not if you wanted strategic business advice. And I think, and that has long that has changed a lot, but I think the notion of that actually marketing is there to drive growth. It's specifically to drive growth of your business and, and, and in a fast way, not to support sales doing it, not to, to respond to the whim of the CEO, to be the, the driver, the originator, the strategist behind growth. And that is a very different setup in many organizations. And I think that's a really exciting place to be. Um, and, and, you know, you can do that. You can do growth marketing through potentially any means possible. It can be some of those growth hacking techniques. It should be encouraging us and inspiring us to think different and not be not be tied to the things we did yesterday because we know the things that we did yesterday aren't going to work the same and we need to find the thing for tomorrow. Um, so uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's an, it's an exciting play. And actually we, in our, in Propolis, we put, um, so you can do growth marketing using ABM or you can do growth marketing using demand generation. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be either or, um, and, um, but it's, but it's an exciting positioning piece. So it's not, I don't think you can, it's, it is a hot trend, but it's a bit more vague. And I'm sorry, that was a very long answer. No, that was good. That's interesting. But uh, I think you're totally right there that it's, it's, it's an umbrella where you can do a lot of different things under it, so to say, just a little bit like ABM, even though they're not comparable. But yeah, interesting trend to see and watch where it's going. Do you work as a sales, marketing or channel manager and would like to generate great leads to your B2B tech company? Then we are here for you. By creating a qualified sales pipeline and strengthen your position in the tech industry, we help you grow. Depending on your needs, we use effective strategies like inbound marketing, telemarketing, account-based marketing and paid media. Get more information on brightvision.com. Another trend I know you're working a lot with is, is uh, agency competitions and things like that. How do you see with the B2B awards in mind and things like that, of course? So 
have you seen any changes between marketing departments and agencies in their relationships, services they're buying and so forth? Uh, and where do you think this is going for 2022? Oh my goodness, have I seen some trends, changes? Yes, definitely. And thank you also for helping me plug the B2B Marketing Awards. That's very kind of you to do that. Um, <laughs> my pleasure. We, we have a big awards program, um, which is um, we're coming up to our ceremony, which happens in November. And I'm, it is in London, um, but it's like one of those, it's a very big night, lots of fun. It's a bit like what the people say about the 1960s, which is if you can remember it, then you weren't really there. Um, it's a bit like that. So, um, uh, um, but in terms of how agencies and clients of a relationship has changed, um, you know, I think um, in so many ways, um, B2B agencies are so much better than they were uh, 10 and definitely 20 years ago. They're so much better respected, better organized, um, uh, more skilled, um, more orientated towards what customers actually need. Um, more better resourced uh, you know there's been a lot of activity in in the uk around um uh money and private equity and vc money going into venture capital money going into agencies um and i, I don't want to mention any names because i appreciate i don't want to plug the competition on this podcast but um we're seeing a lot of there's a number of really big deals that have been done some of them and and, and people buying up the competition not just buying another agency for territorial advantage but buying competition within the uk which is unheard of and it and it and it suggests it indicates the the maturity and the the kind of returns available for for this sector which was whereas in the past b2b agencies were at the like the bottom of the pecking order or bottom of the list in terms of all the agencies that companies big big brands could work with and they didn't get the good they didn't get the best work and they had to kind of look for kind of scraps from the table of the big agencies. Um, and now, um, you know, we're seeing the big agencies buying um, B2B agencies. Um, MNC Saatchi bought a B2B agency last year. Um, Ogilvy bought a B2B agency a couple of years, a few years back, actually, that hasn't gone so well for them, but um, that's more because of their problems rather than the agency itself. Um, so that's very exciting. Um, they're being much more flexible, more able to do things internally. We're seeing, um, B2B agencies move more global now. Um, so many of them are operating, you know, in all, you know, in, in different geographic geographies. It's very common for them to have a, a European and a North American base and then an Asia Pacific as well. So there's lots of that going on. One thing that a trend that I had seen a few years recently, but I think has stalled a little bit is the kind of um, insourcing thing where you'd have agents, uh, big corporates setting up their own internal agency. And there's still a bit of that happening. Um, Deloitte, for example, has a really successful internal agency um, and um, Corn Ferry, another consultancy firm, have done that. And that's interesting in itself because B2B companies recognizing the importance of creativity as a function within the business. Um, whereas previously, you know, the idea of accountants and creatives working together in the same entity seemed extraordinary. So that's that's that hasn't gone as far as I thought it might, but there's a bit of that happening. Um, so it's it's gone a long way. It's very exciting. I think B2B agency space has never been so dynamic, powerful, useful, um, and so had never had so much potential as it has today. That sounds like an interesting area. So great we're in the B2B space as well. <laughs> <laughs> so from a competency perspective, what do you see uh, clients 
ask for in terms of competences and services? Is there any new practices coming alive or is it more of the same or do you see any on that level uh, changes or switches from an agency perspective versus clients? Are they bringing more in-house or are they outsourcing more or in which uh, ways is it going? I think, um, so I think if you look at our list of, we do also, one of the many things we do is, a, is a, um, an agency's league table for UK agencies. And that's only because we know we know that constituency and we know it better than and we speak the same language obviously as them whereas doing it outside the uk becomes harder um but we find that most of them if you say how do you categorize yourself most of them say we're an integrated agency which by definition means we do we can do everything and we can do anything so they they still tend to want to pitch themselves in that space as being um we can do everything for you if, if you talk about specialists, you know, and what's what's actually what's interesting is that there used to be there, there was there, there was previously a very strong PR agency sector, but they've started to that started to disappear or started to wither away because PR PR companies agencies have moved more into content and social, and it starts to look like more like just like another agent, another marketing comms agency. So that area has disappeared. I hate to sound like a scratch record, but ABM. There are more and more ABM specialist agencies out there because they recognise there are a specific set of needs and um, and competencies that are in there. Um, and then you have people playing around the outside. You have specialists in things like, you know, in, in niche skills like video and like influencer marketing. Um, but I, I think that it it makes sense for an B two B agency to say we're integrate we're a creative or in, or integrated agency because. Then, then, they, then you're not. You know that the solution. Well, you believe the solution that you get given as a client is an objective solution. It's not that. Well, funnily enough, we do a video agency, so your solution is video. It's well, we'll do whatever it is that we need. You, we'll do whatever is right for you um, based on your need. So that feels right to me. Mm, yeah, interesting to hear. So we'll see uh, if the integrated kid trend continues, or mm. yeah, where it goes in 2022. Yeah. Really interesting. So. If we go a little bit towards the MarTech stacks, you mm. know, all the techs, tools, and softwares, and things that have more or less exploded over the five, five ten years we've seen. And uh, where do you see any hot trends, hot tools, or, or platforms that every B2B marketeer need to check out for next year? Well, um, yeah, it has exploded. I think one of the interesting things is that you're starting to see kind of duplication of functionality in a lot of them um, kind of overlap. Uh, and, um, you know, you can, it's sometimes it's about getting, getting the best value out of the platform you've got rather than buying something new. Um, uh, you know, I still think the core solutions are going to be, um, you know, your, still your marketing automation um, and your CRM, because they're the fundamental things that, that allow you to do, what we recognize as b2b marketing and then there's layers on top of that like bi and um uh business intelligence and then sales enablement as well kind of content stuff um the thing that which has definitely seemed to gather momentum in the last couple of years is um is, is is cdp customer data platform or something anywhere that sits in that kind of middleware category that puts the that allow that allows that is more a marketing owned platform that allows the data that that, that um better pulls the data from other sources, all the many sources that marketers use and makes it actionable. 
which CRM doesn't so much do that. It's more of a sales um, driven or, or, or uh, orientated platform. So CDP is becoming very, very significant. Lots of money going into that. And you're seeing some of the big vendors launch those into that market. So we're going to see a lot, much, much more area, much more activity in that area as we need because it, and it recognizes that we need to take data, customer data seriously and, and get it right. Okay, CDP is so interesting. That's a good uh, good thing to check out then for everybody who's interested in in these kind of things of data handling. Uh, I really appreciate all your insights here. So if we should summarize this with uh, giving the audience one piece of advice as a B2B marketeer, what would it be for the next year? I think it's be agile, be pragmatic, um, challenge yourself. Those are, sorry, those, that's not one piece of advice, that's several. I apologize. <laughs> when, if I do that to someone, it makes me really cross. So I'm sorry if I've done it to you. I think we have to be... Um, continue to be responsive to the situation we're in it's never been a time that's been more fluid and the people who are who are able to experiment and try new things um, and really push the boundaries of what marketing can do were are the ones that are going to succeed in this in this area so it's not a time to sit back on your hands and play safe awesome that's a great tip thank you so much joel but uh you know Last but not least, if our listeners want to know more, where can they go to find you or B2B marketing? Oh, goodness. Well, we're on b2bmarketing.net. Um, you can find me um, at, um, if you search uh, Joel Harrison B2B on LinkedIn, you'll find me. I should have provided, given you the URL there for LinkedIn. Or you can find me at Twitter, which is Joel underscore B2B editor. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I tweet sporadically and you can find me there. Um, or just email me joel.harrison at b2bmarketing.net and I'd love to talk to you. Well, thank you so much. Uh, this was so interesting. I have learned a lot about the trends for next year as a B2B marketer. So I wish you all the best with B2B marketing and I hope to visit uh, one of your events so we can forget that we have been there. <laughs> I, I very much hope that you can come as well and I hope to forget that as well. <laughs> Thanks, Jacob. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Lead Generation Strategies for B2B tech companies. Don't forget to subscribe. You will find it where podcasts live. Discover how we can help you with your lead generation activities at brightvision.com.